This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. I am Tony Tolado, and I'm the host of this episode. This week on Sci-Fi Talk, I look back on the episodes uploaded this week on my podcast. We start off with an actor and narrator, Keith David, on his audio sci-fi drama, Flight 108. And we also chat about The Thing, too. One of the things that, that occurred to me when I was listening to it is what at night may seem so scenic could be cynic in the light. Wow. Mm. That, oh, I like that. I don't know, I, I don't know why that, uh, you know, that's, uh, that sort of hit me as, as I was listening because, you know, one of the things is, you know, and I don't, I, I don't really remember the main character's name. I can't think of it right now, but when they when people start getting cocky about what they think they know or how they think they're going to handle a situation and then yeah. suddenly life life thrusts them into another situation isn't it funny how all of a sudden all that behavioral turns into something else oh yeah <laughs> I think some people are living that in real life right now, too, as a matter of fact. Well, and, and isn't it ironic that there's a, uh, there may not be a direct, it may be sort of indirect, a parallel to, about how we have to live in that story. Yeah. How we're living now. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you have to be careful about the people who you uh, encounter on the way up, because on the way down, you may see some of those same folks. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So uh, this particular story, um, did you get a chance to hear the, it uh, with some of the other voices uh, in, in, uh, as well in the completed project? Um, in the completed project, once it, once, once it aired, I, you know, I, I listened, you know, once uh, I got a nice preview of it. Great it cast, nice, too. You know, yeah, because, you know, I, you know uh, Danny Trejo and I, we've done, um, I think it was... Uh, Rick and Morty, I think we did together. Oh, we did That's an episode right. of Rick and Morty. I, I think we're in the same episode. But anyway, we've both done Rick and Morty. We've both run into Danny at, at, at those events. We did a movie together about, oh God, 2006. Mm. I think it was. Yeah. My 2006. I can ask you a question about the thing. And it's, uh, it's kind of a hypothetical question. At the mm. very end, of course, you and McCready, Charles and McCready are there. Now, in your mind, was Childs the thing, one of the things, or was he Childs? Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, and that's, that's what I, that, that's what I contend. You know, it was 30, it was almost 35 years ago, so. I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah. I, 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 I seem to remember that we shot it like both ways as if as if it was me and if it wasn't you know um, oh. um and i and i don't remember exactly what he settled on but you know it's so if you think so that's that's the bottom line okay you know yeah i mean cool it is it is who you think it is who goes there is really a story or the thing is based on and originally written kind of during the paranoia of the communist hearings in the 1950s, uh, chaired by Senator Joe McCarthy. But now, I guess, it applies for a lot of different reasons, as we're all trying to define our identities, and the thing can mimic anything, so it's really an interesting premise. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. 
Trek Tuesday had a preview of my Sci-Fi Talk Plus special on Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2. He has Jess Bush, who is Nurse Christine Chapel, and Babs' oldest son, Mokin, who is Dr. Minbenga, on what they admired about the actors who originated the roles that they are playing now and what they can bring to them. The main thing that I that I took from uh, Majel's character, and also from Majel herself, I think, is that she is like, she's pretty badass. Like the way that she got her, like, got her way into Star Trek and what she wanted for Nurse Chapel, um, which, you know, probably wasn't fully satisfied. Um, I, I like that essence and I think that I've brought that into the character. I also think that that her, like, her Nurse Chapel was like really dry and funny and, um, and I would like to see that more explored in season two as well. Booker Bradshaw was a serious man, uh, at least he looked like a serious man. And, uh, you know, I wish he had done more episodes of Star Trek, but he, of course, went on to actually be a pretty successful television writer, you know, so it was, um, there was a lot going on there, you know. I'm entrusted with his character and I'm just flying into it, embracing it and doing it in service of the past and in, you know, in service of the future. Rebecca Romaine on There's a Common Thread to the Characters that she has played in the past. I feel like I've been drawn to these characters that have things that they've been hiding, things that they may be shameful about um, and make a decision to stop hiding and to start living authentically. I would say from a personal standpoint, the only thing I can really draw from, and I I literally had a couple lines of dialogue as Una in episode two that I that I said as Mystique in the X-Men franchise. I mean, like literally word for word, there were a couple things that were the same. Um, and there there are some similarities between those characters. I, I would say for as far as Una is concerned, um, I'm a first generation American. Uh, my father's an immigrant. Uh, my husband's also first generation American. His father's an immigrant. Um, I'm a first generation actress. I didn't have anybody holding my hand to get into this, this, um, this industry. I didn't come from money. I really, I came from a pretty humble background and I'd say just figuring it out and pulling myself up and, and pounding pavement, as they say, um, was just this, it was, it was a real struggle. I mean, it was a struggle just to find success and, uh, come from, you know, sort of meager beginnings and figure, figure out this, this world that I now live in. But that's the only thing I can draw a, a comparison to is I would say, the story of a lot of a lot of the Star Trek characters are immigrant stories, and I relate to that. My my mother was a, a linguist, and um, she taught English as a second language to immigrants and refugees, and was a big supporter of of immigration reform. And she really raised me to be appreciative of of our country and the fact that this is a, a country based on immigrants Im immigrant stories. And um, and I relate to that. Paul Wesley on finding his own career. Yeah, I actually saw Shatner last week at an at an event. Um, interestingly enough, but yeah, very much so. I uh, I asked that question going in. I said, guys, you want me to, you know, how how much of an imitation slash, you know, and they said, please just do your own thing, you know. And I think um, what you just said is the most important aspect, which is we he's not the Kirk we know yet. Um, he's still figuring it out. He's not this, you know, 
sure-footed captain. He's a lieutenant. He's still kind of this boy, and he's like kind of still figuring out his place. And um, I think that if I have the honor of continuing to play this character, I would like to slowly develop some of those characteristics that uh, that we sort of uh, know so so well. Uh, it's a big part of TV history. You can enroll with the link in the show notes for a free, I say that again, free lifetime pass to Sci-Fi Talk Plus to this episode and other exclusives. So check the show notes for that. Strange New Worlds, I think this season, is really what makes Star Trek so special. It's actually discussed by the cast as well. Really captured the flavor of Star Trek. And yes, there's different actors playing familiar characters, but I like what they're bringing to it, and it's keeping it fresh and keeping Star Trek vibrant. Some fans are just arguing the fact that the sets look too new and all this, but you're also trying to attract today's audience as well. And you can't keep us older fans happy with everything. Personally, I don't mind the new sets. I think everything looks really cool. And I really like what they've done. It hints at the older stuff, but also updates it as well. And it dovetails very nicely with the older series, I think. The classic original series, of course. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. After being on a hit series, what do you do? Sometimes you find another avenue to express your creativity. Amber Benson wrote a series of horror novels. And on Buffy, her character broke new ground, which is becoming more commonplace now. Tara and, uh, you know, her character was really very much, and her relationship with Willow was very groundbreaking for the time. I mean, it really it was. was. I mean, you can see there's how times have changed and uh, they're openly gay characters on television shows right now. It's a different mindset right now and that's on television anyway. I think around the country, we're still, we're still working on it. But, uh, yeah, you know, but uh, what's, <laughs> what's it feel like to kind of been had something at the beginning like that? You know, we were really, really lucky to be able to sort of be the first lesbian long-term relationship on network television and it opened so many doors and it gave it gave people out in you know middle america who wouldn't who hadn't i guess up until then had any kind of role model out there except you know maybe ellen with that one kiss but there really wasn't anything else right. it gave them like the, the feeling that it's okay to be who they are mm-hmm. that if you fall in love with somebody you're just lucky even if they happen to be the same gender or a totally different gender or whatever it is you're just lucky you know and there's nothing wrong with with, with same-sex relationships that it is totally normal and natural and there are a lot of people out there who don't have that they live in societies where it's frowned on where religion dictates that it's, it's you know evil or a sin mm-hmm. when when joss you know created that relationship he really he changed the, the playing field a little bit yeah I, re- I really do believe and I've, I've talked to a few other people and in, during the course of interviews um, that I really believe this is like the last civil rights like area you know it's like a hundred percent you know it's like this is once we clear this hurdle we would have come we, we will come a long way you know if we can do that that'd be that'd be awesome because it's just there's no reason why not, you know, frankly. You know, I can't think of I, I agree. I agree with you. It, it seems rather 
Or that they are changing, but it's just a slow, slow process. I, I was listening to, to NPR in the car today, and they were talking about, you know, the, the, the percentage of LGBTQ characters on network TV is, ri- is risen, but it's still like 4 or 5%. I mean, it's yeah. super low. That's very low. We're still not at a point where minorities, um, you know, essentially anyone is well, where the country is well represented. And I just heard a, a statistic. I actually put it on an article. I reblogged it on my blog was from what, 2012 to 20 to, to this year, there only 22% of the, uh, of the characters were women in these films. 22%. Yep. That's horrible. We're more than half the population of this country. You yeah, know? that's that's criminal. I mean, that really is, it's wrong. It's totally wrong. Another thing that Buffy, Buffy proved that a woman could carry a show. And totally. You know? I mean, uh, she, she was tough, but yeah. she was a real character. People uh, across the board turned, tuned in to watch the show. It wasn't just women, it was men too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Young and old. I remember I was doing, I was doing a charity event, and uh, they had us signing some stuff. And we we're sitting there, and it was me and and, and the guys from the trio. <laughs> yes, and, yes. Tom and, and the boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this woman with a stroller came up, and uh, she was with this, you know, the baby in the stroller, and a little, and there was a little girl with her, and she she came over to uh, <laughs> to me, and she's like. Will you sign this? And I was like, Oh, to you. And she's like, No, 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 no. It's for it's for my father. His name is David, whatever. And then she turns to the little girl and she goes, This is the girl from Grandpa's favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, That is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I love that Grandpa's favorite show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Commonplace to see same-sex couples on television ads and television shows, but there is still a long way to go before all are represented based on race, sexual preference. It's just a human thing to do. It all connects to me. This month's Arrowverse is on Legends of Tomorrow Season 1. And here is Brandon Ralph. I mean, each each show has its unique uh, flair. With it depends on because of the cast is different and the crew is different, um, and the sets are different too, which just kind of makes a. a it makes it interesting. Um, Flash is definitely a little bit more um, uh, light and airy uh, and, and comp- comedic because just that's the nature of the show and in, in, in at least the episode that I did. And Arrow is definitely a little bit darker and, and uh, more intense. Um, but the crew has been together longer so they're the days move differently and they have different camaraderie than some of the other shows as they're building that and becoming uh, becoming their own team you know the crew becomes a team and then ours is just kind of like hey everybody what's your name I don't know yet I'll learn it tomorrow because I had to learn 20 other people we have huge scope of the of the of the scripts that we're doing um, just trying to you know do our best to make it all work and and, uh, and become our own legends team so it's kind of a mix of both I'd say it's more on the flash side energy wise and tonal wise um, because even though we're doing intense stuff there's always almost always a little bit of of, of lightness or uh, uh, epicness to it yeah. and, uh, so as far as uh, as far as Ray, uh, Palmer Industries now actually owns uh, Queen Industries. They actually took it right. Yep. So is that going to impact the Legends as well? Is that going to see a result of that on the show? 
As of right now, not necessarily. Um, I mean, that may change, you know, may change as scripts come out, but um, the place Ray kind of leaves Arrow is is definitely uh, intriguing, and, and it's um, it's an, it kind of you know it's a big step for him um, based on the events that'll happen unfold in, in, in Arrow season four. Um, we don't talk a lot about the company, but definitely about the effect of who of who Ray was or is seen of in Starling slash Star City. What's cool about Ray is, uh, and especially as the Adam, is there's a little bit more humor to him too. He has all these uh, great lines. Yeah. What's that like to play that aspect? I mean, your Superman was great, but Thanks. Superman was pretty steady. I mean, he didn't say much fun that was funny. Right. But this guy does. Clark did, didn't he? Well, Clark maybe. Clark maybe. <laughs> Uh, it's great, you know, because Ray brings out those aspects of Clark that I was, for me, the most fun part about, and and and, and relaxing part about playing about the Superman role was Clark because I could, I relaxed in the comedy. The Superman stuff was definitely more onus and was you know more intense. Um, so to be able to play this character that that is has levity, he's a glass half uh, full type of guy, um, is awesome. Um, it's fun to come to work every day and and uh, be silly and, uh, and and hopefully make the crew laugh. Um, so I, I revel in it for sure. The the, move, the show moves at such rapid pace that we don't have time to check in with everybody about how everybody feels about everybody because there's eight characters and so um, there's just like looks and a lot of stuff conveyed in very short because they also got the, the pace is just like we're breakneck speed. Um, but I think he's he's game. He's definitely the most game of 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 all the the crew to begin the journey. Um, has reservations, but doesn't speak them out loud necessarily at first because he doesn't want to mess up the, the rhythm of things. And he's like, this is, this is pretty neat. This is an amazing opportunity. Um, but as the episodes progress, we definitely see each uh, different pairs like interacting and how those relationships work out is really kind of cool and unique, creates unique relationships within the whole crew. Now, those are just some of the episodes available at Sci-Fi Talk. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast and get all of my episodes. There's over 600 you can listen to. I've been doing this a while and I've got quite a database. Whatever your interest on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics, you'll find it there. So check it out. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.